This is Live Wired in Calgary. Welcome back to another installment of Live Wired in Calgary. I'm your host, Darren Krause, editor at LiveWireCalgary.com. This fabulous monthly news program is done in partnership with CJSW 90.9 FM and is recorded in studio at the University of Calgary on traditional Treaty 7 land. We've got a lot of ground to cover this month, much of it related to Calgary City Hall. I'm going to go back to the well on a topic we've talked about before, decorum at City Hall, and I've got a couple of really great clips that, you know, kind of raise a few eyebrows. I'll also play for you some of the audio from my conversation with Councillor Drew Farrell as she remembers her dear friend and community advocate, Sherry McCauley. Then we'll talk a little bit more about Calgary City Hall, some recent decisions that were made, and the budget deliberations that are taking place as this program airs. It should be a fun show, and of course, don't forget, we will have On Your Radar So let's get started. Check out Livewire Calgary on social media, on Twitter at Livewire Calgary, on Instagram at Livewire underscore Calgary, and like us on Facebook. You know what, Chair, I've got nothing to say. My colleagues seem to want to speak on my behalf, so please feel free. Point of privilege. You don't have to be so livid all the time, Councillor Gondek. I covered the Green Line meeting just over a week ago on November 15th, hoping that we'd start to get a clearer picture on where this Calgary mega project was headed. After the meeting, I I was left scratching my head, wondering if this project, despite the tens of thousands of hours and hundreds of millions of dollars already put into it, would ever see the light of day. You know, it's funny, you'll often hear people complain about the frequent disruptions or delays on the actual Calgary Transit line, but uh, let's be honest, lately it works far more efficiently and effectively than City Council on this transit file. Now, I wanted to pen a story because I believe this is one of the biggest issues that the city of Calgary is uh, going through right now. But there wasn't much substance to the actual meeting because it was rife with this kind of infighting. So I wrote about that instead. Here's Councillor Gondek's response to Councillor Woolley a few moments later. Thank you. I think I have been exceedingly polite in asking the chair if I can have some latitude to make my points. Let's not forget that I have one operating ear, Councillor Woolley, and when all I can hear is comments from over here, it's very distracting. And as far as not being so livid all the time and watching my tone, wow, I wonder if my male colleagues have ever been called out for that kind of nonsense. I am not impressed. Not impressed at all. I can't be livid because I wasn't part of a decision that I believe was made incorrectly back in the day. I will be as livid as I feel like being. I'm here to represent my citizens as well as all Calgarians. So do not tell me to watch my tone, please. If that were the only response or the only exchange, uh, I guess it would probably be okay. Um, I'm a firm believer that, you know, things are going to get heated in political debates, especially when there's competing ideologies. Um, but it, that's not the only one. Um, there are others. Uh, in fact, as is reported in my article at livewirecalgary.com, 
72 of the 152-minute meeting is actually taken up in these kind of exchanges. Here's another one between Councillor Jeff Davison and Councillor Evan Woolley. It's around some terms of reference that are being used to maybe define some of the conversation around the Green Line, but it kind of takes a little bit of a left turn. What, what the mover's trying to do, none of these are principles. These are not when you're building a business plan and you have principles, none of these hit this. These are just very specific actions uh, and direction and recommendations. So I, I, I don't know that adding very specific direction on, you know, s- sneaking that into a principles in the terms of reference when this is actually straight Point up. Of procedure or privilege. I'm not sneaking anything, Councillor. Yeah. Your opinion is fine. I am not trying to sneak anything. So can I, please address that appropriately. Yeah, yeah you know. Through the chair, you are embedding, embedding very specific direction into the principles of a terms of reference of a govern of govern of a governance structure. These are direct these are just recommendations, right? And so, if there if there are recommendations that the mover would like to have, this would be uh, uh, absolutely not the appropriate place to put them. And I don't think committees should support that. These are are specific. If we were having a conversation about uh, allowing the public to speak. Uh, these recommendations are very, very specific. They are not principles. And baking them into the governance structure of this committee is wholly inappropriate. So they aren't even talking about the terms of reference or the principles or whatever you want to call them. Instead, they're debating whether or not somebody's trying to sneak or embed or do whatever in these p- principles. I mean, Again, some of this stuff happens all the time. This was nonstop during this meeting. Now, Again, as I mentioned, it went on for 72 minutes out of a 152-minute meeting. Um, But I'm actually only going to play one more clip for you. We just clearly don't have the time in a half-an-hour program to cover all of the the, uh, feuding between some of these councillors. But I'm going to let you hear Councillor Shane Keating wrap things up and kind of give you his perspective on what some of the issues are. And then I'll wrap up this segment. I believe the issue we have, and I I don't mind stating this now, often we have members of committee and council inputting when they don't know. I remember presenting at that one there where a individual of administration interrupted me and said, oh, how about this? That's our problem. And if we stop that, then we wouldn't get into this. And I agree with you, we are adults, we can tone down a bit and we can move forward, but we do have to respect the fact that the individual standing has the mic and regardless of what you think it's not your time and we do that way too much as a, as a group after councillor keating uttered those words we do this too much i actually put a tweet out on twitter uh something to the effect of that was the understatement of the century for those of you who do uh, participate in City Council or watch City Council um, or listen to City Council, you'll know all too well that this is becoming a problem. Uh, sorry, let me rephrase that. This is an ongoing problem, and it hampers City Hall's ability to to operate effectively. So... The reason why I bring this up and the reason why I want to shed light on it 
is because I think it's of the utmost importance that Cal- Calgarians have a much better idea of what is actually going on at City Hall and why some of the things that that they care so passionately about end up getting tossed you know, tossed overboard, tossed to the side. Um, it and quite often it is at the expense of these competing personalities, egos, whatever you want to call them. And I don't want to get too engrossed in that aspect of things, but it's a real issue. And as you can see, when we have a four point five billion dollar project that is ready to roll, that they have work already underway. It's being hampered and it's being held back by this kind of infighting. There was absolutely nothing accomplished in that meeting on Friday. Counselors, when they are faced with, with the amount of, of work and the amount of decisions that they need to make, they need to be focused. They, it, it can't be about egos. They got to check the egos at the door. They've got to work together. They've got to find some sort of consensus that helps move things forward. Right now, they're having a real challenge with doing this. It's one thing to advocate, and it's one thing to share your opinion, but it's completely another to continually hamper the political process at City Hall by this kind of infighting. Okay, rant over. The next scheduled meeting for that committee is sometime in December, and we'll, uh, we'll see if things change for the better. I only ever met Sherry McCauley once. It was way back. I can't remember which election it was, but I believe it was probably 2010-ish, 29, or 2009. Um, It was when Civic Camp was going, and uh, when I was at Metro at that time, we participated with Civic Camp in bringing some of the candidate uh, forums out to all the different wards that were around the city. Um, it was a very brief meeting. It was a, it was a hey, how are you? This is Darren Krause. He's managing editor at Metro Calgary. He's going to be covering one of these, you know, or one of my reporters would do the same thing. Um, but even then, you could tell that Sharon McCauley had a passion for her community. For those of you who are on Twitter, I mean, you, all, you would always see Sherry doing what she could to promote the many community endeavors, whether it was a like or a retweet or a comment or a, hey, can I help you? Um, and I think that's what really endeared her to a lot of people in the city. One of the people most affected, of course, is Councillor Drew Farrell. And Councillor Drew Farrell, um, she spoke with me last week uh, after Sherry's passing, um, and it was a really heartfelt conversation. Councillor Farrell said that that it felt like she had lost a sister. Um, they had met for the first time back in 2001 when when Drew was campaigning for the first time for for election at at city council. And from there, she said uh, she just knew that that her uh, that she and Sherry were going to be uh, close friends. So I'm going to play for you a little bit of what Councillor Drew Farrell had to say about her friend, Sherry McCauley, who died last week 
after a three-year illness. Sherry's impact was, is, she, she found delight in the smallest things. Mm -hmm. She saw the magic in little things, whether it was feeding the chickadees or mm -hmm. discovering the owls on St. Patrick's Island, or it, 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 she, she found delight and wonder in small things. And I believe that was a source of her, her joy. Do you think that that's, that sort of appreciation of those small things is something that kind of, you know, that, that philosophy is, is seen in how important she saw doing small things at the community level that had a big impact? Yes, I do. The, the, the small little interventions, the ability to um, bring people together to share laughter and, and friendship was part of her wisdom. And we, in our society, um, are continually ramping up the, the size of our experience. Mm -hmm. and, and we've lost that ability to find wonder in the small things. And, and so Sherry reminds us that those little moments of joy matter. And and what was it that struck you about Sherry that kind of that kind of made that relationship grow and blossom and, and turn into what it uh, what it ended up as? I, I no, I, mean, I don't remember you. I, it's not normal that I remember when I meet somebody, but mm -hmm. I, I remember her big laugh, and Sherry had a big beautiful laugh and and sherry was both courageous and kind and and she was fearless in fighting for for her for, for her city but always for the people who needed she recognized the importance of grassroots action of neighborliness, of um, kindness in the role of, of society. Mm -hmm. And she was a fearless protector of people who needed her strength. So, so she was incredibly generous in of her time and her wisdom. And she touched so many people's lives we there are so many of us who feel the loss and because she was close to so many and the the more she loved the greater her capacity for love now i mean obviously sherry did so many things she had civic camps the little free libraries are are at least from like when you're talking about the media world um probably one of her her most a spectacular grassroots initiatives but is yes. there is is there something that maybe we didn't see um that kind of maybe those untold things that sherry did 
that really kind of cemented her community mindedness? Sherry, there were so many. There are countless, and and from from the you know the larger city building movements around sustainability and and um, she was a, a big advocate of Planet Calgary and the strategic plan for the city, and was able to garner grassroots support from all walks of life. And, to, to change the, the direction that the city was going. She, her, you know, Little Free Libraries was a perfect symbol of her impact because they were, they're meant to share, to, you know, they're delightful, they're small little acts that individuals can accomplish, but they make a big difference, big, big difference in bringing people together. Mm-hmm. It, you know, in Brentwood, she, um, you know, helped with the, their community garden, um, supported density around the light rail transit, was was instrumental in the design of Blackiston Park. And that's just in one neighborhood. Um, but it, the impact of, of Sherry McCauley is felt throughout our city. And you can see that through the comments from from. Twitter mm-hmm. with the announcement because she touched so many people's lives in such profound ways and she was so generous with her time and her love it, it's um, it, she, she displays the best of what humans can accomplish and we should all aspire to be like that because we would have a better world and and so you know it's hard to identify one thing because there's there's thousands of them no sherry used to come into council during you know some of the more difficult decisions that i had to make and sit in the audience just to support me she i'm sure she's she would be and that's not unique to our relationship she was there to support so many people If there's one thing you think Calgarians can learn from Sherry, what is it? Be kind. Have courage and be kind. A very heartfelt and passionate remembrance, a a tribute from Councillor Drew Farrell. Sherry McCauley was also recognized by Mayor Nehednenshi in City Council on Monday. We'll play you a quick clip of that as well. You know, since last we met Council, many great things have happened in the community. Many great community building things have happened. But a lot of other things have happened. And yesterday, we lost a very good friend uh, of this city uh, and of me. Our 2015 Community Advocate Award winner, Sherry McCauley, uh, left us yesterday. And I've been reflecting on her message uh, and her inspiration that she has provided to all of us. Here's someone who loved living in Calgary. She didn't grow up here, but she came here. She loved living here. She got transferred. She lived abroad for a long time. And when she came back, she said, you know, I just want to do great things in the community. And some of those great things were big things. 
starting civic camp, I never knew that going for a coffee at higher ground on a random weekday morning would lead to being the mayor because I had coffee with such an inspiring person. Three things for Canada would not have happened if Sherry hadn't simply said, let's figure out ways to get people more excited about the communities we live in. Sherry put a box on a stick in her front yard and filled it with books. And that was the beginning of our little free library movement. Big things and small things. But every one of those things about how we live together on this place and how we build community together, whether it's in politics or whether it's in walking in the neighborhood more and looking people in the eye and saying good morning. So to me, as I think about our jobs and as I think about the things we do at council and as I think about the arguments we have and the fights we have and somehow how I don't really want to come to work when there's big committee meeting or council meeting days because I don't want to deal with all of that, I remember that it's about looking your neighbor in the eye and saying good morning. I remember that it's about little things that every single one of us can do, whether we're in power or not, just to make this place a little bit better. So I don't want to be here to mourn the passing of a great Calgarian, our Community Advocate Award winner at the Calgary Awards in 2015, but rather to remember to be inspired about how every single one of us has the chance to make this place better every single day. So rest well, Sherry. Just understand that we will take it from here. Let's have a moment of silence to contemplate our community, shall we? December is always a special time of year. It is the season of giving after all. Uh, I know that it's my wife's favorite time of year. She just loves, you know, the Christmas time, having snow on the ground, the twinkle of lights, all of that sort of thing. But we also love to bring together our family as a as a dad of four young men, ranging from grade two to second year university, it's always a good time to be thankful and, and to bring everybody together to spend some quality time. With that in mind, there are so many different activities for families across the city, and we're going to look at them in On Your Radar, starting with the Huron Carol, December 1st at the Grand uh, from 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, it's always a great show, and then from there... We go to uh, the start of A Christmas Carol from December 7th right through to about December 23rd. Um, obviously, it's a fabulous show. It's been one of the longest-running shows in Calgary at Theatre Calgary, uh, Max Bell Centre. From there, there are all sorts of Christmas markets. We've got the Golf Canada Square Christmas Market on December 10th. There is the Spruce Meadows Christmas Market that runs on the weekends, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I believe. You'll have to check their website for it. Uh, from there, of course, Heritage Park has their holiday Christmas, Once Upon a Christmas at Heritage Park. That goes until December 21st at the Heritage Park Historical Village. Canadian country music artist Paul Brandt has his country Christmas 
December 11th and December 12th at Jack Singer Concert Hall. Of course, tickets are still available for that. A couple of other things, of course, there are the New Year's Eve celebrations that will come up. I might talk to you a little bit before then with a Christmas edition, but here's an early reminder. Set those plans so you can get out and enjoy some of what the City of Calgary has to offer over the New Year's. From a news perspective, uh, as I mentioned earlier, there are budget talks, budget adjustments ongoing right now. So you want to keep your eyes on those. And as I alluded to earlier in the program as well, uh, there is a Green Line meeting coming up in December. Uh, You'll probably want to see what's going on with that one just to see if it's a continuation of some of the previous dialogue that... And I use dialogue in a very, very generous way. Uh, Some of the dialogue that they had or whether we're going to see something further and we'll start to see some action on the Calgary Green Line. So enjoy your month of December. There is lots going on. And uh, hopefully you can have some time to spend with family and friends. Check out Livewire Calgary on social media, on Twitter at Livewire Calgary, on Instagram at Livewire underscore Calgary, and like us on Facebook. A lot has been going on at Calgary City Hall these days, among them, of course, the Green Line, as we spoke about earlier but also dealing with provincial budget cuts. And through that, the City of Calgary has had to deal with their own budget adjustments. That's going on right now. As we speak, they are probably meeting in council about this. But they've made some recent decisions that may be a sign of things to come. The decision to develop a request for proposals to have a management company come in to operate city golf courses. As you know, many of them are losing money. Some are making money. But that passed last week. Along with that, they made a decision to contract out 25% of the city's residential collection, garbage, recycling, etc. Council also got an update on the city's public art program. That, too, is likely going to be farmed out to a third party. It will be an arm's-length organization. Recreation has also seen somewhat of a decentralization. Of course, you probably are aware of the Inglewood and Beltline pool closures. And people are being pushed to some of the private facilities like Repsol or uh, the other ones that that go under the YMCA banner um, and that are privately sponsored. This talk of soliciting outside contracts for city services, or as the academics like to call it, managed competition, seems to be increasing. It makes a city hall watcher like me wonder if there's maybe a defined effort for the city to focus on core services, police, fire, transportation, and utilities like, say, your water or sewer services. Today and this week's budget adjustments are actually quite complex. Yes, the city is looking at a potential $52 million cut to services should there be a 0% tax increase put forth. It could also be $26 million if a 1.5% property tax increase goes through. Or even no cuts if they go ahead with the previously agreed 3% increase. If we went that route, it would result in a roughly $5.10 per month increase to the average Calgary property tax bill. Layered on to that are the potential changes to the portion of the city's operating budget, shouldered by homeowners rather than that that's shouldered by small business. This is all part of the ongoing tax shift with downtown property values plummeting. You've probably heard or read much about that story. 
So, like I said, it's quite complex. Throw in the provincial requisition for the education portion of the property tax, and well, well, now I just start sounding like a city hall nerd. What's interesting, though, is that although there's supposed to be a potential $52 million in, uh, in cuts, the city says there will be very little public-facing change to services. It's kind of interesting. Some, but not much. Probably not even noticeable to many, the city says. So that conversation is going to be going on this week. I believe they've got three, maybe four days uh, set aside for it. And a quick side note on this. For the first time, the city of Calgary is offering free childcare services. I know that it actually came up uh, in council. I believe actually Councillor Drew Farrell brought it up uh, just so people could participate, moms and dads. Uh, So you can do that. Anyone wanting to participate in the public submission portion on November 25th, it's available from 1 to 5 p.m. and 6 to 9 p.m. All kids aged 0 to 12 are welcome so mom and dad can attend. So with the previous segment about Sherry McCauley in mind, we're all going to be challenged to decide what kind of city and community we want to live in. These are tough choices, and everyone has a different stake in all of this. But the one thing we can do, and I would encourage you all to do, is to at least pay attention to the discussion and some of the things that are, that are being decided at City Hall. And if you can, participate in that discussion. Tell your city councillor what is important to you. That's the only way to affect positive change in our city during this budget process. Thank you so much again, everybody, for joining me this month. Special thank you to Councillor Drew Farrell for sharing her story about her dear friend, Sherry McCauley. Please have a safe and happy holidays, and we'll talk to you in a month. So long.